Welcome to the Field Notes podcast, where we talk about all things happening with Esri Field Operations. My name is Demaya. And my name is Josh, and we're product writers on the Esri Field Apps team. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Field Notes podcast. Today, we are joined by Scott Oppmann, who is the lead of the ArcGIS Solutions team here at Esri. And we are going to be talking with him about ArcGIS Solutions and field operations. But before we get into the meat of our conversation, Scott, can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do here at Esri? Sure. Thanks a lot, you guys, for having me. I really appreciate it. And we're really excited to be part of your Field Maps podcast. Um, so my name is Scott Ottman. I lead the ArcGIS Solutions group here at Esri. And uh, I have the, the good fortune of managing the six or seven teams we have that work across different sectors in Esri to deliver ArcGIS solutions. Very cool. Well, thanks so much again for being with us, Scott. Uh, could you talk a little bit about some of your background? What brought you to sure. ArcGIS Solutions? What brought you to GIS? Yeah, I started at Esri here about 12 years ago, and I actually came to Esri to work on ArcGIS Solutions. We didn't call it that at the time. Uh, we called it solution templates or the local government information model, but it was really Clint Brown's vision. Uh, we knew we had to do more. We had to help our users take advantage of the software they were using and uh, maximize. And we had to do more than just you know deliver features and functions within a GIS system. We wanted to really take the common patterns that we saw existing in our major sectors we serve uh, and deliver them with the software. So it was just easier for people to take advantage. Um, before coming to Esri, I uh, ran Oakland County, uh, Michigan's application services group and their IT department. And we had the good fortune of uh, delivering both GIS and non-GIS uh, systems to county departments and the local governments. And so that experience really prepared me quite well for the work we do at Esri. And that's, you know, taking geographic information and geographic technology and applying it to the business challenges we see in utilities, state and local government, public safety organizations, and many other sectors we work in. Could you go into a little bit about what or who the solutions team is and what they provide to users? So the solutions team is in a unique position. We sit right between the software we built at Esri here and the core GIS capabilities we deliver through the numerous products we have and what our users do with location-based data and technology every day. And our mission is really to close that gap, to make it easier for people to take advantage of the investment they're making in location-based data and technology and deliver value in their organization. And as we've all seen, you know, the days of having many months to build, you know, put together requirements for a project, design a system, implement that system, and then, you know, test, support, and certify that system um, those days are gone, right? Uh, everyone is being asked to deliver more value faster in their organization. And that's really one of the key value propositions of ArcGIS Solutions is you can really leverage um, the capabilities that come with the software that are aligned with the business needs you have and quickly deliver value in your organization. Um, and we do that across the major sectors we support here at Esri. So the traditional sectors you'd expect, state and local government, utilities, which is a broad group of you know, business units, it's everything from telecommunications and electric utilities to water, sewer and stormwater infrastructure and uh, the public safety community as well, too, which is, you know, everything from emergency management and responding to incidents to the day to day operations you see in a police or fire department in a city or county. Very cool. I like how you refer to solutions as kind of this bridge, right? Instead of just 
here mm-hmm. off into the deep end with these products. It's here's how you yep. can actually apply them and, and, and use them. And I think that's really important to not just see a product, but you know, as it's in the name is a solution. How is this going to help me? And I want to just begin using this right off the bat, right? No. And what's great about that is not only do we help deliver value um, to our customers that are using our software, but we use that relationship and the work we do with them to improve the software. So we all get better. Um, so the capabilities and the rich features and functions that we have in ArcGIS, in the apps that we use in our field operations, um, to engage the public, just get better through those experiences because we're using the direct work we do to build these solutions as a force multiplier and as a way to really influence what's in the products themselves. Um, and that really makes it easier for everyone who wants to use an Arctis solution or wants to take our core technology and apply it to similar co- patterns and business needs. Yeah, I was about to say, it seems like everybody wins in, in that instance, which is yeah. which is awesome. So this that's, is the- That's field- certainly our, our hope. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, so this is the field notes podcast and we're focused on field operations. Could you talk about some common solutions that you see, uh, with field operations? Sure. That's a really good question. If I I guess if I were to look across the major sectors we support, there's one, a kind of high level use case that always seems to bubble to the top and that's asset management. Um, and that's a pretty broad term. Um, yeah. You know, in a, in a water utility, that may be inventorying lead service lines in the community and understanding the risks of lead in uh, the water supply and then being able to communicate that to, you know, the community and what actions you're taking to remediate uh, the potential risk of lead. Uh, in a public works department, that could be inventorying street trees and uh, efforts you're taking to green the street uh, streets and, you know, the community as a whole to reduce the impacts of urban heat. Uh, if I'm in a fire department at a local level, that could be I'm inventorying the current operating condition of hydrants in my response area and understanding the condition of those hydrants. So when I arrive on scene, I know I can tap into that hydrant and expect a certain level of pressure or water supply to put out a fire. Um, and so with each of those, you know, I, I call them broadly asset management, but with each one of those solutions, right, there is an entire field operations aspect that, you know, supports going out in the field, understanding what assets I'm responsible for, collecting the current condition of those assets, being able to communicate that to internal stakeholders inside the organization that could be an operations manager, it could be a battalion chief, um, and then taking action, generating work activity or assignments that um, cause someone to go out in the field and resolve a problem with that asset, Uh, being able to communicate the overall condition of it and one of the things that's been really interesting that we've seen is just, you know, the, the public aspect of that, right? So kind of the, the complete spectrum of that asset managed workflow is then how do you engage the public in that workflow and communicate the status of, of assets in the community? Um, and that's important because the public is investing in those assets, right? And programs to improve them. Um, but there's also some things we can probably talk about today about how we can use the public as a force multiplier to help with those asset inspection workflows as well, too. Um, because we're seeing a lot of contraction in staffing and, and other um, in the size of organizations. But I would say that's probably, you know, asset management is probably one of our uh, most popular use cases that we support across all of our solution domains. And then if you get into, as I said, I mentioned a few very specific solutions, lead service line inventory, hydrant inspection, um, and others that, that really kind of provide a real focused implementation for those organizations. 
think that there's a pretty comprehensive process of kind of developing the solution and getting it out there. Are you currently developing ways to get the public more involved in that or has, has that already come into kind of your workflow? Yeah, that's a that's really a good point. It is like when we build a solution and when we think about field operations or field maps, we don't really just think about the field worker or the operations and maintenance worker. Mm -hmm. We like to step back and think about the entire life cycle. So how do you get content into the system? Do you have existing GIS data? Are you going to go out and canvas the community and collect that information with a really focused field map? Uh, we then think about the operations manager who has to understand not only the kind of status of the work you're doing, like how much of the city or the county or my service area have we covered, um, but what are the results of those inspections? Um, then we need to think you know, broadly about how you communicate that to the public or to stakeholders. And um, you know, one aspect of that is pushing the results of that work to the citizens, like in a kind of show me style application. But what we're more increasingly doing is actually working on programs that enlist volunteers to actually be sensors, to be field workers. Um, and that comes in a variety of different ways. It could be um, just simple applications like our citizen problem reporter solution, which is one of our more popular solutions. And in that uh, implementation, you know, you're using citizens as a sensor to really direct field work. Um, so I have a whole cluster of reports of potholes along these streets. Okay, I'm gonna direct field uh, workers to go out and assess the condition of the pavement, document the actions we're taking, and then share that with key stakeholders. Um, and then kind of the final frontier for that is actually going beyond just using citizens as a sensor and really thinking about how those volunteers could help us maintain the assets. Uh, we have a solution called Adopt a Catch Basin where volunteers in the community um, can adopt catch basins, those things that collect water along the roadway, right? And then get clogged up with leaves and all those things. And, um, you know, you can adopt a catch basin and you can report maintenance activities. You can report when you last cleaned it. Um, you can use weather information to send targeted notices out to those volunteer workforces to say, hey, we've got a big storm coming. Can you go check the catch basins you've adopted and make sure they're clear so we don't have street flooding and pavement breaking down? Um, so the there's definitely a lot of opportunity um, to, to engage the public and really round out these field workflows and use citizens in a community or like I said, customers in a service area, if I'm a utility, uh, to be that force multiplier and to really help be that sensor that drives field work. Yeah, I think it's really cool hearing how volunteers are part of your process and how them being in the field is also part of it. And I think it makes sense because you're developing solutions for people to use for users. So we want to kind of get that perspective um, to make sure it's like a viable and workable thing. Yeah, and the power of that is connecting those dots, right? So you can send your field workforce to areas where maybe you don't have an active volunteer community, uh, right? And I can, I can use kind of that comprehensive system to really maximize the impact in the community as a whole. Definitely. And I think it's, you know, it's so awesome with this public engagement stuff because everybody has the technology almost in their pocket right now, mm -hmm. right? They That's have that true. mobile device, That's right. you know, it's just connecting those dots like you were saying, and, you know, kind mm -hmm. of going into, you know, you hear a lot about smart cities, right? Where people can yep. use these citizen reporting um, tools to really just have everybody involved and everybody is empowered to make their community a better place. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, citizens are the best sensor, right? Everything's local. Yep. Everything is local. And um, I think that's a critical thing we, we've seen in the work we've done is like, if you can really empower citizens, 
that maximizes the, the staffing you have and really the impact you can make as a public official and as a utility worker, for sure. I'm curious, when you are I guess, starting the process of a developing a solution, how do you know what solution is needed or if there's a certain field or industry that's not being touched by, by your team? Is there a certain process for figuring that out? Yeah, we, we use three different data points to really help guide the work we do. Um, direct engagement with customers is critical. We have uh, one, one of the most important things we do is engage directly with those you know, industries I mentioned earlier, the utility sector, uh, the state and local government market, the public safety community. And we, we want to listen and understand what challenges, what problems, you know, what business needs they have and use that to influence the solutions. Uh, we also look at our technology and you know, the technology roadmap, how are our field operations applications evolving? You know, how is ArcGIS Online evolving? Um, and we use kind of the direction of our technology uh, to align the work we do and try to make sure that the solutions we're developing are kind of go with the grain of the software. Um, and then the third thing we do is just use direct feedback on the solutions that we've developed already to guide the work we're doing. Uh, and I think that, you know, one of the things I always like to say is that ArcGIS Solutions is a very participatory sport. Uh, the more our users put into it, the more they'll get out of it. Uh, the more feedback they give us on existing solutions, the more likely they are to see those capabilities in the next version of the solution. Um, the more they raise their hand and say, hey, Scott, you know, we're working on this problem with two or three other communities, and we think it's repeatable pattern that should just be in the software, the more likely they are to see a new solution come to life. Um, and so I think that's really one of the things we pride ourselves on is that we want to have that direct connection to the customers. We want to use that uh, direct engagement to drive what's in our solution portfolio and ultimately the capabilities in our core products. Um, and that's hopefully what helps you know, the entire community grow. You know, if we can really lean on the participation of a few and help all of our water utilities or all of our public works organizations grow, that's the most impactful thing we can do. Definitely. And I can imagine that relationship is, is so important too, because I mean, the, all these industries are so dynamic, right? And as the world, yep. you know, keeps spinning, right? And, and new problems come up mm -hmm. and, and technology evolves, we have to make sure we're in tune with that and really be working with, with the people uh, who are using our software so we can make sure that we're meeting those needs. Yeah, uh, no, and it's it's a very sobering thing, Josh, right? Like, I mean, it, we have the good fortune of working with this software every day, um, but the folks we work with, you know, have to do real work, we like to yeah, say, they yeah, have to work, yeah. you know, with citizens and with customers. And um, so while we may come up with a very clever technical design, that may not be the most effective way, and it may, might not be the most impactful way to do it. And I think that direct connection keeps it well-grounded. Um, and it also ensures that organizations of all sizes can use it. I could be a big city um, that's focused on a lead problem in my community and that same size organization you know in a much or that same type of problem in a much smaller organization could use the same technology to do to, to help them so that's the other thing that's really critical right? we don't want to build stuff for just the big folks we want to build it for everyone um, and just increase the overall impact that arc just makes in the sectors we serve you mentioned that you you make solutions that kind of go with the grain of how software evolves over time, and field operations and field apps have definitely evolved over time. Um, yeah. Are there certain solutions trends that have changed over time, and do you see a certain direction of where you think solutions for field operations is kind of going? Yeah, I think you know the the days of having to justify, hey, I need to go, you know, have a mobile application that goes out in the field and allows people to collect data are over. There's lots of examples, right, of people using our field operations and that 
constellation of apps we have to deliver real value in an organization. I think there's a couple things we're seeing and trends we're seeing that um, we're, we're keeping an eye on and we're trying to address. The first thing that while a lot of people can go out in the field, most of the sectors we work in are seeing you know, kind of really constrained workforces. They don't have the same number of field workers they used to, um, or they may have a lot of vacancies and they're trying to fill those vacancies and having a hard time. So we're really thinking, as we talked about earlier, about how you can use the citizens, the public, to be that force multiplier in a more engaged way. Um, the other thing we're thinking about is like, how do you reduce the training barrier? Um, and how do you take advantage of things like machine learning and artificial intelligence? You know, rather than requiring some, a, a good example of that is we have a new tree management solution that's going out. It's a, a field maps configuration, a workforce configuration dashboard, all working together to support that. Um, but it's a pretty rich field inspection workflow. Like you have to know the genus and species of the tree. You have to know all those things. But wouldn't it be a lot easier if you could just take Arborist that you just hired and let them take a photo and the machine learning and artificial intelligence on the device interprets the what kind of tree that is, fills out 90% of the form, you populate a few characteristics that document the condition, and you can reduce the overall learning curve you know, required to train field staff. And you can also then empower more people to participate in that workflow. Um, so I think that's the other thing that is, we're really thinking a lot about is like, how do we simp, now that we've got people committed to the field operations work, how do we simplify it for them? And how do we maximize the limited resources they have and then the, the third thing that we see is that in the pandemic really brought this home is like everyone's mobile now. Yeah. So, you know, we talk a lot about field workers, but as we think about, you know, that comprehensive workflow, the field worker is one aspect of that, but the operations manager, who's not just sitting behind the desk anymore, um, you know, who's moving all around this organization that's been asked to take on more responsibilities and needs access to information on any device anywhere is also a key part of that. And so we really think hard about how, the dashboards we build to complement the field workflows are mobile ready. Um, the apps that people visualize the results on are responsive so they can be used on any device. Um, because, I, you know, we just think everyone's a mobile worker now um, and yeah. we're in really good shape, you know, and field collection is just as important as the analysis and visualization of that data on a mobile device too. So those are some of the trends we're seeing and things we're thinking about as we start to work on new solutions for sure. Definitely. Uh, you mentioned the pandemic and just, you know, I feel like in the past year and in a few years, really, the world's just kind of seen a lot of change and a lot of mm -hmm. things have, have really uh, 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 altered the way we live, the way problems are solved. Could you maybe talk about some recent solutions that maybe are in response to to what we've seen in the world yeah. in the past few years? Yeah, when, when, you know, almost 18 months ago now, we were asked to kind of help state and local governments and businesses leverage location-based data and their response to the pandemic. And our team mobilized with our customers to really build a whole set of solutions for the pandemic. Um, and there's some interesting mobile patterns we saw that emerge. Like one of the ones that we immediate, one of the challenges people immediately struggled with was this whole idea of where are my workers? Where are they, are they coming into the office today? Are they working from home? Are they a field worker who actually is part of a crew who's going out to work on a job site? Um, how do I really understand where my distributed workforce is now? And that's a mobile problem. And that was a challenge we had to solve and help people understand. So this idea like a digital roster now where I'm checking in, I'm coming into the office 
And oh, by the way, uh, you know, I'm not coming to the office, but I'm working as part of a field crew. Well, who else is on that field crew? What are their current health conditions? So the interplay of like the health of your workforce and the location of that workforce uh, really was something that jumped out at us in the pandemic. We had worked on other public health issues like the opiate epidemic and homelessness, but you know where things were occurring really, really became important during the COVID-19 pandemic. And so um, that, that was one of the big takeaways we had. And, and you know, the result of that is we have several solutions that are designed you know, for those mobile workers or for the workforce who needs to check in you need to understand where they are. Um, you understand what relationship they are to facilities they're a part of and what the current health conditions are at those facilities. Um, and, and that became a very lo location-centric problem. Yeah, and I think, as you said, everything is mobile now. And I think that just goes to show even more the importance of having these solutions that helps people kind of understand these mobile workflows and operations that can help them in their work because it is an intrinsic part of how people live now and how people work, so... Yeah. yeah. And the, the other thing the pandemic brought very quickly, right, is that people, as we all saw, people didn't have months to go buy a new system exactly. and yeah. or figure out what they needed. Right? They, exactly. they were taking action in days and weeks, you know, and as the pandemic initially unfolded, that was that was something that, you know, we had to really like we couldn't be perfect, but we had to help, you know, mm -hmm. and so we didn't have time to study. We had to you know, take the, the information we had, put together some really solid configurations of ArcGIS and then ship them and let the community tell us how they need to evolve because everyone's needs were evolving at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and there was no playbook, so to speak, yeah. you know, that we were all going to run through. Um, so that, that was really interesting. You're right. And everyone in instantly became a mobile worker. Yeah, that's just wild to think about how, you know, this problem didn't exist, then it did. And suddenly every single person was affected and we needed this information for all these different organizations yep. like, very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yep. And yeah, you, and in, in the government in the government space, it was not only I need it for my organization, there's really two sides of that coin. There was I need to understand, I need to run the business of government, but I also mm -hmm. need to protect the citizens in my community. So you know, how do I ensure that school meal programs are continuing to function because kids aren't coming to school anymore? How do I ensure that hospitals and um, other uh, healthcare providers aren't being overwhelmed and uh, aren't running out of PPE, um, right? And there's just all kinds of examples of that where, um, you know, both things had to happen. You had to run your business. And in some cases, you also had to protect the constituents you're responsible for in your community. And I think that was you know, a, a, a very challenging time and is a challenging time. Definitely. And I think we've talked about on this podcast before how GIS is often like a reaction to things. Mm -hmm. And I think this is just mm -hmm. like uh, the peak example of that, of how, yeah. you know, suddenly like this location-based information was was really needed and, and we had to just kind of get in there and figure it out uh, almost immediately to, to start supporting yeah. these these folks. Yeah, and that Johns Hopkins dashboard that we've all seen, right? Yeah. Become, yeah. It became the system of truth for case information across the globe didn't exist before the pandemic. And it was created, it was scaled up, and it became that, like I said, that source of truth for everyone who was thinking about business decisions they were making, health restrictions they were implementing. And uh, yeah, it was a, a very powerful, powerful tool that clearly showed the value of location during a pandemic or a public health crisis. This might be related to COVID-19 or it might not, but was there ever a solution that you never expected your team to create or kind of develop? 
I think the pandemic ones yeah. were definitely in that, yeah. you know, that I'll just say we, we had a nice roadmap for what was that? 2020, you know, and we were, <laughs> did we all right? Off. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we had all these great plans to go do these new things in March thereabouts of 2020 hit. And that all went out the window for about, you know, nine to 10, 12 months. Um, so I, I'd say that that's definitely, you know, one of those things where we, we didn't understand the impact we could make. We didn't understand the value we could provide. And it certainly wasn't on our roadmap. Now, interesting enough, like one of the big things we're starting to work on now is how do we take those solutions that we built specifically for COVID and begin to begin to bring them back into our portfolio and make them available as just a natural public health response solution. So whether it's the flu or it's, you know, COVID 2020, whatever the next, you know, pandemic that we may have to deal with, uh, we'll at least have some common patterns and some common solutions that people can use to respond to uh, public health crises like that. Um, and that, that's cer certainly something we, we are doing and thinking about um, as a result of that work. The other area that we've been really humbled uh, to work in recently is the work we've been doing at Esri around racial and social equity. Uh, we were asked to work on several solutions to help local governments kind of um, promote the programs they're developing uh, in their community. And uh, more recently, we have a new solution actually being released this week called Social Equity Analysis that provides what we would call an equity lens. Um, so how can communities evaluate conditions and actions they're taking to ensure they're creating more equitable conditions? And I think that's one of the big trends we're seeing um, across all the sectors we work in, really, um, you know, it's, how, it's one thing to evaluate the financial responsibility of those actions or conditions, but it's another thing to understand the, how, equitable, how equitable the conditions are um, and the actions you're taking. Um, and I think that to us, that, that's a really humbling area for us to work on. And we're really excited about the impact we can make with those solutions. They may not be field, you know, there's not a whole lot there in terms of field work per se, but it's certainly, you know, it, it drives actions that then require field. Where am I, you know, investing in infrastructure? How am I responding to issues in the community? Um, and so, you know, like I said earlier, everything's local. Everyone thinks about the impact to my home, to my neighborhood, to my community. Um, and, and that's never more apparent in the equity solutions we've been working on. Yeah, I think like Joss said, GIS is a reaction sometimes to things that are happening. And once mm -hmm. you create those solutions as a reaction, you can kind of apply those other things that kind of help in those realms as well. So it's kind of a for sure a circular process. Yeah, and and like you guys said earlier in the podcast, I mean, everyone has a mobile device now. Everyone mm -hmm. kind of has learned, you know. So we're we're at a really exciting time, I feel, in the sectors we work in because we're at the convergence of, you know prevalent mobile, mobile devices. And quite frankly, everyone understands now the value of location-based data and technology. You know, we see it and we use it every day in our, you know, to organize photos, to find places to go eat. Like, you know, maps are inherent in what we do. It's a language we all use now. And that wasn't the case years ago when we started slugging through some of the stuff. So um, now it's just a matter of really demonstrating value and helping people maximize the investment they're making. Definitely. And I think that paired with I think in the past year, we've really seen that there are a lot of people who really want to help and, and, and maybe aren't sure how there's a lot of momentum built up around yep. that. So having solutions like this where they can really channel that in an intentional way to gather this data that can then help solve the problems, you know, so many of us want to fix. Like, I think that's this is an awesome thing. And, and you said that solution yeah. is dropping this week. You said the this, racial equity, the social equity. Social yeah, equity. we had a big, cool. 
Yeah, we have a big release tomorrow, actually. And oh, there'll wow. be a whole host nice. of new content. A lot of it's uh, field operations related. We talked about tree management. Uh, we've got some other solutions there for winter weather operations um, that use all your snow plows as a sensor and help you communicate the current status of uh, road conditions in the community. We've got new uh, park, new park infrastructure management solution, which helps park agencies inventory all the assets. It's an interesting uh, outcome of COVID as everyone started getting outside again. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and what we saw and what we've heard from many parks agencies is that the, you know, the condition of their assets and uh, their ability to keep up with routine maintenance has really been taxed because of just the sheer volume increases in volume. Uh, and so having a good solid understanding of what assets you have in your parks and what condition they're in helps you plan capital investments and continue to improve those assets. So more and more people continue to enjoy the great outdoors, but yeah, there's several different solutions we have in this release going out this week that will really highlight the, the field operations workflows that we've talked about on the podcast today and just, you know, some of the great new capabilities and field maps, you know, in concert with workforce and then some really nicely tuned up dashboard to help me understand the results of that, um, those patterns we talked about earlier today. Very cool. And if listeners wanted to learn about those solutions or maybe just about the general work that you and your team do, where should yeah. they where should they go? Everything's available on solutions.arcgis.com. And so if you just, or just search Google ArcGIS Solutions, um, you'll find our site and it talks really about how you can leverage the investments you're making. They're available to everyone who has an ArcGIS subscription or ArcGIS licensing. They don't cost extra. That's certainly something I should mention, right? They're all freely available with the software. Um, they're fully supported. And so you can just leverage them with your ArcGIS subscription. There's no risk really to taking advantage of them. You can deploy them quickly in your ArcGIS online or ArcGIS enterprise organizations. Um, and then you can begin to evaluate the, va the value they provide in your organization. So it's a really quick way to get started with some of these key business needs that we talked about today. Very cool. Thanks so much yeah. again for being here uh, with us today, Scott. Um, it's been really awesome to hear about ArcGIS solutions and all the cool work that you and your team have been doing. Yep, thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, you guys. Uh, and we really do value the partnership we have with the field operations team and the, the field maps team. And, and thanks a lot for everything you guys do. Thank you for listening to the Field Notes podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Field Notes on your favorite podcast app and join us on the next episode.